0: Everybody. Welcome back to Society Talks. I'm Joe Lorenzo and I'm here with the fabulous Manon Matthews. Hi, how are you?
1: Do, 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 do. I'm good. <laughs> how are you? I'm
0: good. Ooh, you got more energy than me this
1: morning. I like it. No, I don't. I force it. I have ah. to like <laughs> trick That's my good. way. Yeah, trick my brain into thinking that I have any energy at all because I feel like it's I don't I'm like looking all over the place for my energy. I don't know where to find it, and I guess it's within, I don't know. Brain hack. Okay, I'm
0: gonna ask you- I'm going to ask you that question and then we're going to start at the beginning, like where you grew up and everything. But where do you find the energy? Because you're doing a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I know I do a lot of stuff as well, but like in the morning, it's like, where, where do you find the energy? Where's the inspiration?
1: I have to just fake it until I make it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have any energy when I wake up like I used to when I was a young lad, <laughs> like when I was a young girl, like I have to act my act as if. So yeah. I just do the regular thing. I guess I've created kind of good habits to wake up somewhat early and just get some coffee well, and then just trick my brain into thinking I have energy. I don't know.
0: I'm on my second cup. What's early for you?
1: Like seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's <laughs> a good day. Um, <laughs> I'm not a 5 a.m.er yet.
0: I'm a fi- I'm about 5.30. Oh, because I do stuff on the East Coast, but I gotta say, like I'm in my forties, so my 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 ass is a dead sleep by ten o'clock at night. Yeah, I can't hang. No, yeah. So anyway, I digress. Well, welcome. Um, let's start at the beginning. I actually know this from your from your bio, which I thought. I mean, I feel like you're a unicorn because this didn't exist. That you actually grew up in California.
1: Yeah, born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Somehow, some way, um, I. Grew up, uh, born in Santa Monica. Grew up in the Valley area, like Sherman Oaks, and then we moved to Calabasas, and I've stayed mm-hmm. ever since. Apart from a couple years back, I lived in New York for like eighteen months, and then I came back to LA. Like, okay. Yeah.
0: What do you like? 18. What's the difference between New York and LA for you? Because I'm actually originally an East Coaster, New Jersey and New York. Yeah. And, uh, but I've been here about twenty-one years.
1: Um, I really love the energy that New York has specifically Manhattan. Cause that's where I lived. I love the walkability. I love the authenticity, whether you're in a good mood or your bad mood, that's just where you're at. No one's trying to like fake it. Um, I yeah. liked the hustle. There was a specific flow that New York came with where you kind of, it was like kind of jumping in a jump rope where you have to like find that rhythm. And just like, once you're in, you're going and you're going and you're burning calories and you're eating pizza on the side of the road. And you're just like, it just feels alive and it's, it's possibilities and openness. Whereas in LA, you're like, you know, in solitude, I actually was talking about this with, um, one of the reasons why I moved to New York was like, I had this magical trip where I was, I was, I did a, a commercial where I wrote and directed, started a, it was like a Piper white was on shark tank about a charcoal deodorant. And it was this, <laughs> I never wanted to live in New York. I was like, Oh my God, it's too crowded. It's too, and I mean, I got to yeah. stay for three days and then I got to get out of there because I'm all about nature. And I went on this trip <laughs> and David Schwimmer happened to be uh at this party for this launch. Cause I guess he's a fan of shark tank. And I got to talking to him, which was like the best 20 minutes of my life because friends was everything to me. And oh, I yeah. saw that as a sign of like, I need to move to New, to New York because this is where David Schumer lives. <laughs> and he talked about <laughs> how basically traveling, even just walking in New York is like, you're with the world. And how in L.A. it's you go from place to place secluded in a box and it's very isolating or can be. And I found that to be so true. Not knowing what I was about to get when I moved to New York. I really loved how I felt. I felt really part of, I don't know, just walking outside, seeing people's faces all day. Loved the exercise. I love all the parks. I just if I I constantly felt like I was in a movie. I don't know. I loved it. I miss it so much. But I was
0: just having this conversation the other day, actually, and just randomly not on here on, on a podcast, but I, the same for me, I actually hate to drive, hate, hate, hate it. And especially in Los Angeles, you know, it's horrible. Ugh. Um, nobody knows how to drive <laughs> and it's just, it's all congested and everything. I mean, it was great in COVID cause nobody was on the road, Yeah. but now everybody's back. So for me, it's a similar thing. Like it's funny because we were saying how, People don't, we just had it two nights ago at dinner, and, it's, and then one guy was saying, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, I love that people were so friendly and whatever. I said, really? Because when I was in New York, people, you put a hat on, put glasses on, and you walk down the street, and you did not look at anybody in the eye. And I guess that's changed. I have no idea. But I mean, I get what you're saying about sort of like the camaraderie, you're rubbing elbows with people. I mean, nobody really wants to do that now in COVID, but um, in, in, and in L.A. you are in your car and you're getting frustrated more and more instead of being amongst, all, you know, the other human beings. Yeah. So I get that.
1: And what I found, I think what it for me, I know not everybody's all friendly in New York. That's not true at all. <laughs> but okay. they're, they're, yeah, they're where they're at. And I like that. I like that they're not. Whereas in L.A., if someone's having a bad day, you can't tell because they're covering it with this smile. They're like, hi, how are you? And it just feels a little forced at times. I can't generalize and say everybody's like that. Obviously, everybody I know in LA is amazing because that's the group I've surrounded myself with. Right. But I find that there's a little bit of uh, people trying to be happy and they God forbid they're ever like, you know, I'm having a horrible day. Whereas right. in New York, if you're having a horrible day, you can see it, but there's some, like I like authenticity. I don't need everyone to be, positive all the time, but I don't want people to hide from who, where they are because I really like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, also,
0: it's also not reality. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're hundred percent right. It's not reality that people are sunshine and roses every single second of the day. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so now when you were in New York and then you moved back, um, was that when, cause right around that, I mean, I remember, uh, from your bio, it said, Oh, you had started on vine, which, I, again, I had this conversation the other day. It was so funny because we were like, "What happened to that?" Yeah. I know Twitter bought them, right?
1: Twitter bought them. Um, the top twenty creators were like, "We want you Vine to 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 pay us money, uh, or otherwise we are leaving." And then the tw- uh, Vine said, "We're not going to pay money." And then all, the top twenty creators left the platform and single handedly like took the app down because all the followers went with. These other creators, you know, mm. then there was a handful of creators that did not know about this, did not know this was going on. I'm one of those people. And then mm. slowly but surely, the Vine app went away. And it just
0: my- went away. That's what I was saying the other day. I was like, I wonder, whatever happened to that? I just honestly remember that one little uh, beautiful little black girl. She was like, do it for the Vine. And then yeah. <laughs> somebody brought it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, that and that. And then I read it in your bio. But that obviously. I don't know that it would have been able to even compete in the world of like, you know, the TikTok and the Instagram Reels nowadays, because those platforms are just so big. And I know you're amazing on those as well. Um, But what do you what are the differences or the similarities that you've seen that you've seen through Vine and TikTok and Instagram Reels?
1: I loved Vine. I think it should have stayed. I think it could have stayed. I think it started the whole "let's make funny videos and have them yeah. play over and over and over again." I just think something went wrong, and it's unfortunate because, you know, there was a lot of creators on there that had millions of followers that don't have that anymore. You know, yeah. I got lucky—not lucky. I mean, I'll i always continue to make content, um, but you know, Instagram has been such an interesting. Experience of being on it for eight years. And, you know, I have a following on there, but it's not 3 million like I had on Vine. And TikTok, Mm -hmm. I love TikTok because it is very user friendly. It's like if you make content on here, you will get some sort of following. And I, you know, I resisted it for a really long time because I was like, oh my God, it's just a bunch of people lip syncing and there's no true talent and, you know, just really rigid and resistant. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, I'm going to embrace this. I'm, I'm just going to have fun with it. Forget it. And it wasn't what I thought it was at all. My limit, my belief was very limiting, you know, and now I have, I think, I don't know, 1.6 million on there. And I, and I really love that because it reminds me of Vine It reminds me of let's just make a funny video. Let's play off of other people's videos and let's post and the, the society around it or the, the audience on it feels really unlike other social media platforms. It feels really friendly and there's so much information on there. It's not just comedy. It's like where to invest, uh, how to cook interior design acting. Like there's just so much fun stuff on there. So I'm really, really glad that there's at least a place I can go to just make videos and post and, The fact that anyone sees it is amazing, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, 1.6 million are. But (laughs) – so I have to say I'm similar to you where I – Okay, a friend of mine said, "Oh my gosh, you have to get on this," and was sending me funny videos, that, you know, about TikTok. And then I'll, I have I work in it and I own uh, kids acting studios as well, and all my kids have wanted me to get on it. They're like, "We'll teach you." I'm like, "No, no, no, that's not going to be a thing." They're like, "That'll be our first video. Let's teach Joe how to do this." I'm like, "Okay, maybe." Now I'm like kind of embracing it. But I, what happened was at the beginning of the pandemic, I said, "All right, let me try this." I went down sort of a rabbit hole. I'm sure I even saw your videos or something. I don't know. But I went down a rabbit hole where at one point, I think I was scrolling for like four hours. And some guy came on and said, hey, hey, you, you should go and get a glass of water. You've been scrolling for quite some time. And at that moment, I said, no, I'm done. I can't because I can't go down a rabbit hole of this stuff. And I don't really like my friend was doing the videos and she's like, Oh, this one video took me like three hours to do. I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know that I could do all of that. How do you have that like dedication? No,
1: it's just, you do one video at a time in the same way that you do an acting class with your kids. Like you, you, you don't think about, okay, I have to do 300 acting classes over the next five years. And then, and then I'll have whatever, like you just do one at a time and you, you do it because you enjoy it. Like for me, it's no sweat off my back to do a funny dance or, or do come up with something funny to say, and then post it. That to me is like second nature. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we follow our bliss and we do things that light us up, it Mm -hmm. it pays back in the same way that I'm sure you have found joy, which is so fun. Sounds like a blast to own a studio acting studio with kids. It's like, you, you probably do that because you get, you're in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing, if that makes sense. Like it feeds your soul. And so whether it's on Vine or it's on Instagram or TikTok, like I've, I've made videos since I was a little girl. Like I love filming stuff. I love storytelling in a short form or a long form. So I, I don't see that ever going away. It just, I've just, yeah. I've just seen the platforms shift here and there. And so well, but yeah, the it is a time suck for sure. Like ah. you'll be on it for hours. Well, and am like, wow, ah, I can't do this. Cause it's a lot. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and they're funny. I mean, they're funny, but they're like, and that's why I think why I went down the rabbit hole, but, you know, you look. You're right. I love. Obviously, I do love what I do, and the kids really do light up. And they. But when you just mentioned something, it's really interesting because back in the day when there was no social media, you you would you know your parents could videotape you with the you know the recorders. Then they'll just do it on their phone, and they, we weren't uploading it anywhere. But a performer at even at the young age of six was still like saying, "Mommy, Daddy, and watch this," and doing you know your little skit in the living room. That has been going on. From the dawn of time. Oh yeah, you know now there's just an outlet which I think is amazing, you know, and there's some of these things that you guys are doing is just so creative. Mm -hmm. So my hats off to you. I just like you, kind of. I am pushing against it a little bit.
1: (laughs) I hear that. It's it. it, If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, of like a bunch of videos and what kind of content, it can definitely be overwhelming. I've always been in the in the. uh, I don't know. I'm an improviser naturally, and so I like doing things off the cuff. I like things spontaneous. I've never been much of a planner as far as like when I'm going to post and how often am I going to post. I go, Oh, once I feel the spark or once I have an idea, I film it and I post it and then I let it go. And then that's been kind of doable for the last however long I've been doing it since 2013, I guess, as far as video yeah. making, um, you know, and some people will be like, no, you need to be more structured. You need to have a consistency. That's how you grow. And I think I am probably am missing out in that way, or I'm not. I don't know. We all have different strategies with the way that we like create. As long as yeah. we're creating, that's that's what matters most, I think. I world. agree. Yeah.
0: And I- you said you're you uh, you love um, you're an improviser because you you studied that right at Sex yeah. and uh, Second City. City?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh.
0: <laughs> Second City. Oh Lord, that what a Freudian slip. Um, I love that.
1: I love that. City. I was right there. And like.
0: Right, UCB, right? All of those great places that are amazing for improv, right? Yeah,
1: Groundlings, all all, yeah. all the schools I love. I started with improv. Um, I love it so much. It's like, it's where I learned to play, to say yes. I feel like there's so many rules in improv that if you also apply them to your life, you're going to have a pretty... You're, gonna, you're setting yourself up to have a more open, expansive, yes-filled life. So mm-hmm. there's just so many lessons through and through that have been a good parallel for me. I love to play. I love doing characters, impressions. I mean, that's how I got um, big in the first place, was doing a Kristen Stewart impression from Twilight. Um, okay. I started doing stand-up after improv, and then, yeah, that led into Vine. And then... And then, yeah, now there's like you know, so many ways to express yourself. I think obviously podcasts are really prevalent, and a lot of people are doing that. Um, and
0: you have a podcast, yes? Serious but funny. Yeah, yeah. And but it's spelled B-U-T-T.
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not like what did I say? Sex in the City. Yeah, um, that's my other
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: <so>. <laughs> Improv done at Sex in the City. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Uh, this is why, see, I'm on my second cup of coffee. Yeah. So, um, but as far as the podcast is concerned, and then you mentioned stand-up, which is a whole nother really kind of scary art form. I've had, I, I used to represent actors back in the day too, and I've had some some that did it. And is that something that you still do or, or will go back to? Because that's like just you and a mic. It's a very interesting art form.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I naturally was pretty good and comfortable with it right off the bat. I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm supposed to be doing for sure. Um, I got a little sidetracked with social media, um, because it's so, Oh, you can do it in your pajamas from your home. Whereas being on the road and it's a lot, it's a lot being around other comedians. It's a lot being out late at night. Um, you know, I stopped, Having that kind of lifestyle, and so I really had to pick and choose what was important to me. And so I, I've, I've done stand up here and there. Um, I definitely did it, you know, at Caroline's on Broadway and all that when I lived in New York. Um, I yeah. had a little bit of a variety show when I um, a couple years back, where I, I did a, a touring show where I would um, try to do all of it, where I had video, I had characters, impressions, and then I would end on about 20 minutes of stand up. Which, yeah, it's super fun. I mean, you get to feel the audience. You get to actually hear them laughing. Whereas you don't get that online. You get a number that you see and comments that you see, but it's not very kinesthetic, which is, I'm very sensitive to energy. I'm very, I wanna hug you. I wanna see your laughing face. I get such a hit from that. Um, Whereas, yeah, online, I had to be like, I don't, I guess people are seeing this. I don't really feel it. I don't know what's going on. So the creativity has to come from, for me, the love of creating, not so much to get a laugh, if that makes yeah. sense. Like the motivation is so different.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that. I, 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 one of my favorite documentaries is um, called Moms Mabley. I don't know if you remember her, but she was old, 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 very old woman who was one of the first people, first black women to, to play Carnegie Hall. And, and, you know, she was a comedian and she did sort of variety sketches and things. And Whoopi Goldberg did a um, documentary on her for HBO. And I think maybe it was Kathy Griffin or somebody that said, you know, comedy is it's it's in a sense, people think it's harder, but it is harder. But it's it's the reaction, you know, whether it's working or not, because like you said, you get the reaction in drama. Let's we're equating the drama to maybe to the online stuff in drama. You don't you're doing it, you're putting it out there and you're saying, okay, well, here's the work. Let's hope that it works. But in comedy you, even if it's a half hour sitcom, you know, wouldn't you agree? Like you're getting the reaction. So, you know, if it's not working and if it's not, you're like, all right, fuck it. Let's move on. Yeah, Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: And you find that difficult with the videos online that you're posting just because you you're getting the, obviously you'll get the views and the comments and everything. Um, how ridiculous or amazing, or do you want to like sometimes kill some people with the comments online?
1: Oh my God. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember being in such, I must've been in such a good spiritual place when I first started releasing videos, because I remember reading the, some of the, most of the comments were amazing. And of course there was always the some that were like, I remember one person was like, your head looks like a potato and that really bothers me. And I remember reading mm-hmm. that like, wow, what, a, what an interesting comment. Or like someone would say something nasty. Um, and my first instinct was, oh, the person must be in so much pain to like write something and then post it. Like, are they okay? I'm going to send them love. Like that, that's how it started. And I was like, that's, I was like very proud of that. I was like, yep, yeah, this is the way that it is. Cause it's very clear. Cause I, I would always look at what, well, what would it take me to like leave a mean comment on somebody's like creativity? Yeah. I would have to be either a crazy person Uh, because like, like if I don't like something, like let's say I'm watching TV, if I don't like something, I'll change the channel. I'm not going to like write, write to the company and let them know how much I hate it. Um, or online, right. You just switch the channel and you find something you like. Um, or if I'm online and I see something I don't like, like I just keep scrolling or I unfollow, or I don't know. I don't comment. I tell them it's like, so. I agree.
0: Well, but that's everybody has an opinion now on
1: social media oh, because annoying. they can hide
0: behind that keyboard or you know the phone or whatever and not actually have to come face to face with the person that they're insulting. I think it's awful. Yeah, it know? is, so, and I <laughs> always
1: think that. I said, you know what? These people would never say this to my face. They're just scared. They're just trying to find their power. They're trying to. This is how they express themselves. Whatever. Like I'm not. Right. I never interact with them. I never, never, never say you know screw you or da da because then then I'm actually acknowledging that their opinion might have anything to do with my creativity. Like when reality mm-hmm. I heard people say something really special that like, kind of put it in perspective where it was like, if you ha- if you're not creating the same type of content, that's on my level, you haven't really earned a right to comment on my art.
0: Right. And I was like,
1: the yeah. Critic.
0: Right. Like, what makes you the critic about what I'm doing? And when you're sitting at home, you know what I mean? You're not in
1: the arena, blood, sweat, tears, putting yourself yeah. out there vulnerably. If you're not doing that, if you're not in the arena, giving it your all with your heart open, you haven't earned a right to comment on what I am doing. <laughs> Unless you're yep. doing the same exact thing, if you're doing the same exact thing, then yeah, I really do care about your opinion because I do want to get better, and I value your opinion because you're you're on this you're you're playing the same game as I am, but if you're in the stance, mm-hmm. like all the way in the back, just screaming, fine, I can hear you kind of screaming, but I don't really need to know your opinion because it just do you get what I'm saying? like you can it's have 100- it, and it makes you feel powerful, blah, blah blah blah, but it's not for my ears. it shouldn't be 100%. for my ears it's just gonna right. get in my it's way. Like-
0: it's like me going and giving, you know, like a brain surgeon, in my opinion, <laughs> what, is it, what does it matter? you know what I mean? Like, like they the have to focus, things.
1: they have shit to focus on. Like they can't just be <laughs> listening <laughs> to your opinion. Like they're saving lives.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, I 100% agree with you, but it is, it doesn't matter. It's still happening. And it's actually, you know, I feel bad because I do, the kids that are in my studios are young. They're about, you know, ages seven to 17. And in each of those categories, <clears throat> those ages, There's, there is bullying and there's cyberbullying now. And there's, I mean, there's so many things that are happening. And so I was talking to one of the kids and she's 11 years old and her um, mom was like, yeah, I'll let her on TikTok when she's 12. And I said, okay, great. You know, whatever. And they, because we do tell them, look, even at the age of six, there is an importance of social media. Have your parents manage it, but you should, you know, start creating your fo- following and whatever, right? So, but they're all worried about it. The, this one girl, she said, "I don't, I just don't want people to say mean things to me." And I was like, "You know, what? that's so valid." I, you wouldn't hear that back in the day when I was back in the day when I was yeah. in school because they because that jackass would say it directly to my face, and then I'd name him in the nuts, you know, and that was it. Yeah, and we were done. But now it's like they say something, and it's hurtful
1: right? Oh, yeah. It's like, I, I feel so grateful that I didn't have social media um in middle school, high school, Agreed. all those things. Like, I feel yeah. like what a blessing we're actually able to like be in person and talk to people in person and have these beautiful experiences that were actually in life, you know, and so I feel so lucky about that. I don't I can't I I, there, I don't even think I'd be on social media had I started that early, because all the fear and the comparing and despairing would have been in the Mm -hmm. way of my creativity where I would have been so concerned with, well, do people like me? Do people, is this going to make me look bad? Like, I don't want to post this. Oh, I got to filter everything. It's just, I, I don't even know how they're doing it. I really don't.
0: Yeah, I agree. But they are, and the, the the tough ones are getting through it, you know. But it's good. I mean, and I think that you you have um, by you doing what you're doing, you're doing you you are empowering some of those young girls, even to say like, look, she's just out there, she's having fun, she's doing it. You know, they're they they can see some of the comments. You know, I mean, there's I'm sure you know I'm sure everything's fabulous, and but there's there's yeah. one here and there that are just awful. And when they can, I think that's actually the example you're setting is amazing because the, the little girls can see that. Like, look, she's still doing it. She just, it's like, give zero fucks, you know? I mean, yeah. I shouldn't be part- no, right but it's now. true. It's, it's like,
1: that's what, that, that's why I keep doing it is, It's not Mm -hmm. about me anymore. It's about showing, hey, this is what freedom looks like in the world. I can run around an airport making the goofiest faces, doing silly stuff. I can embrace me not wearing makeup. I can dance to my fullest. And hopefully some young woman will watch that and go, I want to feel like that. I want to be able to be free in the world and know that it's not dangerous or that I'm not going to, you know... That, it, that it's safe to be my full expression of myself because mm-hmm. a lot of us are hiding out of fear that we're going to get made fun of or fear that we're not enough or whatever it is. And it's like, the point is, is none of that matters. Just express yourself, be free in the world. You deserve that. You only have one life. And that's half of why I do what I do is because I want to lead the way and show what what freedom truly looks like. And it's not about the, the angles or, you know, like, I honestly think it all happened in divine uh, timing because I did not think you could get a following on social media. When I was on Vine, my purpose was just to make goofy faces for my friends. It was not yeah. I'm gonna get a following like that wasn't in the realm right. of possibilities. If I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have posted the videos of me without makeup doing ugly faces. There's no way. Right. There's no way right. I would have been
0: so because you don't yeah you don't want to put yourself up for that scrutiny, correct? Yeah. But you just you just cut it out. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah but it worked out, you know, like the universe was like, oh, this person's not, uh, forcing it. They're just having fun. Mm-hmm. I think when we genuinely have fun with life, life gives back.
0: So now where did that come from? Cause I know you wrote a book and it's called funny how it works out, right? Yes. And it's, where can we get, where can we get that? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere online, it's
1: everywhere online. Yeah. And then I also mm-hmm. do have the audio book where I narrate it. Uh, for okay. people that you know want to listen to it on a walk and have it go into their unconscious mind, that's a beautiful way to listen to it as well. Um, yeah, I wrote it. But do
0: you talk about some some self doubt, some things in like the things that you've learned along the way? Correct.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I you know I used to go live a lot on Facebook and and occasionally would post spiritual. Um, Insights that I had gathered over the years, and the thing that kept coming up was people saying you should write a book. And I thought, I yeah, I should. Um, I'd like to. I don't even know where I would start. There's something missing. And I actually ended up getting married and then quickly divorced. And that whole experience rocked my world. It shook me up. It changed my life. And it wasn't until that happened, and then the pandemic course that gave me the time and space to go okay I'm ready I'm ready to get this book out Uh, I wrote it really quickly Uh, I started it six months later it was published and I talk about my life I talk about social media fame I talk about how I grew up talk about addiction alcoholism uh, heartbreak I talk about dating I talk about how important it is um, to speak the truth to express yourself And then at the end, I talk about um, there's like 30 lessons of how to uplift your energy and to, you know, follow your bliss and, you know, have a good life.
0: I mean, I think that's great because you, you, you lift the shame out of it, if that makes sense. Like you, a lot of, I just actually was at dinner and, and a, a good friend of mine told me that she had miscarried and, and I said, oh gosh, I'm sorry. She said, no, 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 no. She said, I actually think that it's important for me to talk about it, to sort of normalize it because it does happen a lot. And, and, you know, and I was like, oh, uh, that was interesting. that Like the way that she said
1: it. <clears throat> yeah
0: but there are a lot of issues, not just women's issues, but just issues in general that people, you know, mental health, whatever it may be, that people just push down. They don't really speak about them enough. And I think, by you speaking about it and putting it in, in you know, in your book or whatever, it's, it, I don't want to say, I hate the word normalize it. I don't know what I'm looking for. It's like, um, it, it allows the shame to be lifted and know that there are other people that are going through, not everything is sunshine and roses. Not everything is funny, like in your videos. There are things that, you know, happen to us in life that shape us as well.
1: Yeah. I've gotten my healing from other people that have come before me that have led the way that have showed the other side of the coin. I feel if we only show one side of the coin to the world, that actually is manipulation. And we're we're creating the reality that we want other people to see. And people have seen my life be really funny. And I thought, you know what? Um, That's not all that there is. I've gone through a lot. I'm going to share what I've gone through, um, mostly because I've gotten through it. You know, if it if I was still in the the wrench of it, I think it would have been harder to talk about. But I want if anyone else was suffering from what I was suffering from, I I want to share with them how I got through it because one, it yeah, it normalizes it. It dissipates the shame. It shows that you actually can get through it because there's a lot of people going through it right now, uh, whatever it may be. And there is always a way out. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And when we're in the depths of despair, when we're at the bottom of the hole, we can't see that there's a way out sometimes. And I was lucky enough to find solace and people that help lead the way and guides and and people that were like, you know, they extended their hand. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, asked for help. And I was met with so much love and help. Um, but you got to ask for it. And I think I was someone who, you know, was raised as an only child thought I had to do everything by myself. I had too much pride. I was like, I don't need help. I can take care of myself. And it's like, I was shutting off love and sunlight of the spirit and so much, um, so much knowledge and power when I said, Hey, I, I just need some help. Like that changed my whole world. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. There's nothing. It, it's it's you can either save your face or save your butt it's like which one do you care about more your life or the way that you come across to people like well, we never have control about how we come across to people you can be the best person right. in the world and someone can still not like you and that is out of right. your control and you go okay well what is in my control do I like me am I mm-hmm. acting with integrity am I a person who I respect because that's the mm-hmm. stuff that actually matters and has an effect on our life and it and a person who, you know, for me, I didn't have a lot of those things were missing, and then I was having self destructive behavior because I didn't love who I looked, I didn't love who I saw in the mirror. Okay, so I had to like build my esteem. I had to let go of um, negative habits. I had to find people in my life that had what I wanted, meaning like a sense of confidence, a sense of self worth, and self love, and a self esteem. And I had to do what they do to build my esteem. And I, I basically had to learn in my adult life how to. You know, it was almost like I was like regrowing up, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Because I, well, because you were honest about it too. A lot of people are not, you know, they shove it all down and they, they, they think that it'll, it'll go away, but it doesn't, it'll manifest Honesty itself. is the so- start.
1: Uh, yeah. It's yeah. all about truth. Yeah. That's like my number yeah. one, like truth and honesty is mm-hmm. at the top of my list. It was for a long time. It was comedy. Like that's what I valued is comedy and just laughing. Truth is what's up. Truth is where it's at. If you cannot transmute is- heal, you cannot heal the world without truth.
0: Truth is what's up. That's what <laughs> that should be our tagline. Yes. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that on a bumper sticker. Truth is what's up. <laughs> hashtag man and matthews um listen normally I say like oh do you have any other you know words of advice but that was I mean you were preaching on it that was pretty good and I will say you said with the truth thing you know Oprah Winfrey just she won the Cecil B. DeMille award and she that was one thing she said she said what I know for sure is that speaking our absolute truth is the most powerful tool that we all have
1: yeah she's spot on It will set it will set you free, right? Like that's not these are not sayings for no reason. You have to but you have to experience it. You have to embody it. You have to try it to know it. Mm -hmm. Because you can know it intellectually, you can hear these sayings all day long, but they will mean nothing if you don't actually experience it in your cellular DNA. If you don't Mm -hmm. vulnerably say the truth, you will not understand why it's important. You will not experience Mm -hmm. the taste. Of how powerful it is until you try it and once you try it and you do it and you feel the effects of it you will never look back you it yeah. becomes addictive yep. it becomes it becomes so uncomfortable to not that you can't help but say the truth and now I'm like with every relationship I have the closeness that I feel with the people in my life because I am always honest with them I tell them how I feel I share it even when it's so uncomfortable I feel like I'm winning the lottery because my relationships are as close as I, f- I can feel to them. There's nothing in the yeah. way. There's nothing in the way. I'm not, I'm not trying to dodge them. I'm not trying to not say the thing. I'm, I'm risking losing them by telling them the truth. Right. And then when and then they stick around and you know, in spite of it, yeah. yeah. you go, Oh my God, I earned this relationship friendship right. because Because I I earned it. I didn't manipulate it by only saying what I thought they wanted to hear, you know, because that's what happened to me in my marriage is, is I married a guy who said all of the right things. He treated me like a queen. And that was manipulation because had he stood in his truth, said what he really wanted to say, done what he really wanted to do, told me who he really was. You know, it was a really traumatic experience. I, I I may not have stuck around. I may have gone, you know what, all that stuff that you just shared, that's not for me. Or, or whatever it is, you know, and I, I, it really sucked because what I'm learning is it doesn't matter how honest or how truthful I am. That doesn't necessarily, the lesson I had to learn is it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going, that that's what I'm going to be met with. And that's what mm-hmm. I, I learned in my relationship was, you know what, I'm going to be honest. I, and I really felt free in the relationship because because I was honest and because I said all the things that I thought, oh God, if I say this, he's going to leave. And then I really felt like I earned it because he stayed. Unfortunately, he wasn't practicing that with me on his side. So he was having a miserable time because he was lying all the time. <laughs> and then right, And then right. it ended up deceiving me and it was like, I got to walk away from that relationship free and clear because I knew that my side of the street was so clean that I mean it, it was obviously painful and I had to like you know learn the hard way but I pray for that man every day because when people don't have the capacity to be honest that I can't it, it's not fun to live that way it's horrific yeah. it's it causes That's internal great. pain the body gets sick the soul gets sick like they they call in really toxic relationships and i mean my whole lesson there was i had to trust my gut i trusted his words over my own experience like i had to learn that like oh my god i wasn't really following my intuition i was giving my power away not that you asked i'm now going on a tangent and i can stop no, at any time. Okay. <laughs> this is also really? in my book as well um, truth is what's up truth is what's truth up truth is what's up tell the truth <laughs> you're good you'll be safe it's safe for you to tell tell the truth i promise I mean, ma- people might react. They might scream and yell and be like, ah, that's not a reason. Yeah. That's not reason enough to not tell the truth. Right.
0: I agree. Well, I mean, it's been amazing talking to you, man. And I want to say, I'm just going to say real quick. Let's reiterate the book. Uh, "Funny How It Works Out" is available Amazon, Barnes Noble, everywhere you can find a book. You can do audiobook. Um, and then you've got also got a podcast that you co host with a friend of yours. It's called Serious But Funny, and But is B U T T like your booty. Um, and then lastly, it's to follow you on social media. Is it all the same? Is it at Man and Matthews with one T? Yep. And so that's like TikTok and Instagram and everything. And so that's M-A-N-O-N-M-A-T-H-E-W-S. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Man and Matthew, it's been really, really fun. And I'll tell you something right now. I'm, I'm going to keep saying that. Truth is what's up. Truth I is what's it. up.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: My pleasure. All right, everybody. Thank you. Tune in next time for Society Talks.